Welcome to the Lovability Podcast. My name is Jennifer Stiers, and I'm here to talk love, relationships, sex, marriage, and everything in between. Hello, everyone. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Lovability Show. Uh, I am excited today. Uh, we Last week, we had a whole bunch of people uh, that were watching and commenting, and that is super fun for me uh, because not only does that keep the show lively for me and um, and keep it keep the energy up, but we get to the topics that you want to talk about. And we get to your questions. So I do want always want to keep the the uh, class focused on you and what you need. So, uh, so excited for you all to be here. Please say hi. Uh, I will check comments um, as we're going through. Uh, so, so uh, I uh, I first want to start off really quickly with a quick announcement. I know a lot of you have been emailing me about Lovey, and um, we're in the we're in the App Store. We're 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 accepted in both of the App Stores right now. Um, Apple just has an issue right now. Um, believe it or not, I think it's something with their API. Uh, they can't, we can't push the button <laughs> to make it live. It's been like that for like two weeks. Um, and I guess a lot there's other people that are in the same boat. So uh, it's not really helping me that those other people in the same boat. But uh, I I'm learning to be patient, uh, like I always try to teach. And uh, and so that's where I am. So uh, so soon, guys. Um, we'll get us we'll get going before Valentine's Day, I hope. So uh, so there you go. So there's your update. We uh, we should just wait on Apple <laughs> as always. Um, okay, so uh, emotionally unavailable partners. You know, I think out of I think out of all of the reasons that people and I shouldn't say all, it's one of the top three reasons that people end up, getting in relationships and them not working. And that is because ultimately they choose unavailable partners. And I love that people always want to place the blame on somebody else that they're unavailable. They're married, they're in another relationship, they're not emotionally available, they don't want a commitment, whatever the reason may be, um, they're not ready yet, uh, whatever that reason may be. But at the end of the day, you're the one attracting them. And that's the bigger story that we're going to talk about today. You know, I, I'm I'm amazed at the level of uh, how toxic someone can be in this category, uh, because I know this week what really inspired me was I was coaching someone who is on the extreme of toxicity, of attracting, attracting and needing toxic partners because they're toxic and they haven't healed yet. Um, thank God they're coming to work with me. <laughs> That's a good thing. Um, but having said that, it just, 
it made me realize it's so glaring that we have such a big problem with this. And there's so many reasons and ways people can become unavailable. And I think also the way that society is today, especially the younger generations are really falling a victim to this because it's what they're growing up in. But with the way technology is now, and we have social media and FaceTime and uh, Zoom and all these more ways to separate us than bring us together, people that are emotionally unavailable, uh, they have lots of ways to stay that way, you know? So uh, I just feel like that's, I think that we, our society feeds people being able to get away with it. So uh, so let's talk about it a little bit. Uh, so uh, I'm going to jump into, hey, everybody. Uh, good to see you guys. Jamie, Ron, good to see you. Okay. Uh, so uh, signs of an emotional partner. So the first one, uh, difficulty expressing emotions. Uh, emotionally unavailable partners struggle to communicate their feelings and have a limited emotional range. You know, it's interesting. It's interesting because when you do, you can feel, you know, hear people say it sometimes, how people get in a conversation, you start to get somewhere deep or with any kind of depth at all, and then they just kind of check out or disappear or change the subject. Those are signs that somebody is emotionally unavailable. It's one of the things you really have to pay attention to, right? And I think the other piece of it is, how are you going to find out if somebody's emotionally unavailable from a communication standpoint if you're not diving in also to ask the questions? So I always encourage my clients to, to do that, to step out and to ask those questions and to be willing to have those kind of conversations right up front. And that includes the first date, right? Uh, at least if you, you know, if you are looking for an emotionally unavailable partner, you think you're emotionally available, keyword think, uh, you think you're emotionally available, then you need to be asking questions that would, would enable somebody that you're talking to, to have to tap into their emotions to have to answer, right? It's those questions of, Tell me about your family. Are you still close to them? What was your childhood like? Do you have siblings? Are you close to your siblings? Uh, tell me about your, you know, previous marriage. Why did why did you divorce? You know, blah, blah, all the questions that go with all previous relationships and marriages. Real, and what are their relationships with their family and loved ones um, and exes today will tell you a lot about somebody's emotional capacity, right? So I feel like that's just something right off the bat that you can use as as a key to tell whether somebody's available or not is what is their depth level? Where can they go? What kind of conversations can they have? What where what level can they share at? Or do they avoid those things? When they avoid those things, uh, you have your first red flag that you're dealing with somebody emotionally unavailable. Um, they avoid intimacy. Um, that's not physical intimacy because a lot of unavailable, emotionally unavailable people, and every person needs to hear this, unavailable people, emotionally unavailable people often use sex, physical intimacy as a distraction for their emotional unavailability. So they may actually dive in quicker to the sexual piece because the other stuff is missing and they know that that's coming 
And that's their way of avoiding. So if you think about the natural progression of a relationship and, and natural like emotional intimacy, it's built from conversations. It's built from time together. It's built from shared experiences. It's built from, you know, talking about things that matter and history and those kind of things. That's where intimacy, real intimacy is built. The people that want to rush into bed, whether they're men or women, probably a really high chance, and I'm not going to give a percentage, but between probably 80 and 100% chance that they are emotionally unavailable. So that is a deterrent because what happens from for when you when you brush into a sexual relationship, it becomes all about the sex. That's why you have to take your time when you get into a relationship and you decide to go to that place because very often once you go there and you start the physical part of your relationship, then that's what everything becomes after that, right? The dates stop being dates where you go out and talk and spend time together and get to know each other. Um, it's more time, let's stay home and Netflix and chill and all the other stuff that goes with it. So, um, so sex is something that emotionally unavailable people use to distract you from getting to know them. So red flag there. Uh, am I getting any questions? Because I just need to, uh, I don't think I am. Uh, somebody asked me a question, so I know this is working. I'm not really good with this, uh, with my uh, question and answer thing here. Uh, inconsistent communications. They may be inconsistent in their availability, frequent um, frequently canceling plans, et cetera. Um, so this is somebody right off the bat, and I know you guys are dealing with it because I hear it all the time, that you know, you, you hear from for a week and they're like hot on your trail and then all of a sudden they disappear or they communicate with you regular, regularly and then all of a sudden, you know, a day or two goes by and you don't hear much um, or the weekend passes and you didn't hear from them. Uh, you know, just, you know, maybe something important comes up. I feel like a lot of times when it comes to uh, important things, maybe you have a event that you're going to, or you've got something with your family, uh, a birthday or an anniversary or something that that is special that you're celebrating outside of your partner or outside of that person, and they don't ask you about it. So they don't even acknowledge and remember that something was happening in your life that was important and significant. Uh, that also is emotional unavailability. So how how involved are they in your life? Um, a fear of commitment, emotionally unavailable partners um, often avoid or resist uh, committing to a long-term relationship. Let me tell you what they do. Um, this is this is it in a nutshell. So um, they they're hard to get committed, and very often they talk you into something that's not really a commitment to you, but it's a commitment to them. So they will convince you that they've stretched out on a limb and it's the most that they can give right now, even though you're not happy with it. Anytime you're uncomfortable with that, after a given amount of time, not immediately, but after a given amount of time, if you all are in an intimate relationship and, you know, they're distancing themselves and uh, that, is a, that is a sign of an emotionally unavailable person, they don't want to get too close. And here's what they do if you stay with them for any length of time. They get close and then they pull away and then they'll get, you get, end up getting back together and then you get close again, close again, and then they pull away. Uh, you know, they get mad at you. They block you that, you know, just that whole 
um, drama uh, on and off, cut, cutting you off kind of thing. Um, that's their way of backing out and of the emotional part of the relationship and resetting things. So that's what that looks like. And like I said, it, it, on a lot of times it's to the extreme and people like this are, are patterned. So it's not like you won't see it. It's, it'll happen over and over again, but the problem is, is you staying through it, right? Which we'll get into, but if you're staying, when somebody does things like that to you, they're hot and cold, they're on and off, and you don't set the boundary and get out, then it becomes about you and your dysfunction and unhealthiness than it does them, right? Uh, so probably stuff y'all don't want to hear. Um, all right. I don't know. My thing's not moving, Chris. Uh all right, hold on just a second, guys. And get back, jump back in here. Um, if you have questions, let me know. I'm not actually getting any yet. Am I getting any, Chris? Can you see any? Uh, Nancy says, can you hear me now? I think she's quoting the famous commercial. Can you hear me Got it. Why am I not seeing these? Yeah, great to hear from you. Thank you, Chris. Um, so... Uh, sorry guys, I don't know why I, last time it was working great and my, I dropped my iPad. I wonder if I, if I broke it. Um, okay. Awesome. Hi Brent. Great to, uh, great to hear from you as well. Um, happy Friday in Florida. You miss us in Georgia. You miss us in Texas. I almost said Georgia cause that's where I'm from. Okay. All right, guys. That was my, what's happening here. All right. Try this one more time. There we go. Why was that happening? I can see your comments. Hang on. All right. So let's talk about people um, that that attract emotionally unavailable partners. Chris, why can't I get this up? Um. Uh. Okay. There it is. Okay. Hey, Ron. Now I can see Nancy. I can hear. Can you hear me now? I can. Um, now I can finally hear, um, Brent, hello, Nancy, you said if we continue to allow it on and off, then it says, what about us? It says that you haven't set proper boundaries and that you're attracting an emotional available, unavailable person because you're not healed. That's what it says. And we're going to talk about that right now. Um, what, what that looks like and, um, traits of individuals. And I'm going to go through the traits and then we'll come back through and explain them versus the other way around. Uh, so traits of emotionally unavailable um, uh, people for relationships. Number one, you fear intimacy. Uh, you, you have a need for a validation, low self-esteem. Um, you have caretaker tendencies, codependency, uh, familiarity with, with past experiences, um, having unavailable partners and relationships. So let's go through those top five. Um, you know, I, I think the top one is probably codependency. So I feel like so many people fall into that category. So I'm going to throw that one in first. Codependent people, codependent behaviors are used to compensating. So that's from a childhood of inconsistencies, um, a childhood of not having the support that you needed, childhood of maybe some, you know, someone that may had, it's just doing its own thing here. Um, a childhood that maybe you had, you know, maybe parents were absent 
for one reason or another, whether emotionally or physically. Uh, I, you know, addiction is a big one. Uh, so it, a lot of times the way you grew up, um, will, will, uh, will turn you into whoever, you know, it, it, it affects the way you are today. Um, I swear to God, I can't even get Facebook up now. It's not coming. Um, so it, it, it affects who you are now. So, um, so the important thing is, is that you learn to heal those past relationships. You get help for whatever the toxic uh, choices are, the toxic um, beliefs are that you had from your younger years. Uh, you know, I'm going to jump into that one a little bit more. Um, just from the standpoint, it's so important to go, where's the origin? Because there's always an origin. Uh, neglectful or inconsistent parenting. Uh, growing up in an environment where emotional needs were not consistently met or where parents were emotionally unavailable themselves can lead to difficulties in forming close emotional connections later in life. Um, having not being, um, not being connected from a young age, not having that source to go to, people that grew up in safe homes that had a safe parent to go to, uh, that, that who's, who could take care of themselves, uh, that... Uh, there was a hierarchy that they were allowed to be a child. Um, their emotional needs were met. And that it happens from a very, very young age. I mean, they, they trace some of the research back to when you were a baby <laughs> and you were crying and whether or not, I mean, that's really where they talk about it's formed is when you're crying in the crib and whether or not somebody, your parent actually let you cry, came to get you, comforted you, acknowledged you. And it, it really goes back that far. And then as so many of you have, you know, grown up and you, everybody has their stuff and their stories, but parents that worked and weren't available, parents that were not emotionally available because they were toxic, uh, parents that were not emotionally available because they were absent, um, doesn't mean work. You know, some of you had parents that uh, were single and off dating um, multiple people that, or took you on dates with multiple people. I heard that story a lot. Um, alcoholism, drug addiction, uh, all those things are going to cause you not to be able to bond and for you not to feel safe in your home or with that intimacy and that emotional connection in your home. And that is where it's all built. That's where you learn to either um, believe that your needs are going to get met, or that's where you believe that they're not, and that you you compensate because as a child, all we know how to do is, I mean, we're looking for that validation, we're looking for that love, and we need it. We we actually need it in our emotional and mental growth. So when it's not there, there's a million different ways in which kids go about trying to get that attention. Some of it's positive, some of it's negative, but a lot of it uh, actually starts creating uh, codependent behaviors um, in uh, in kids, and then in young adults, and then adulthood, and then and then that of course turns into uh, you know relationship codependency, and um, so that's um, that's where a lot of this comes from. So when I've I've said to people before, we've talked about. Um, We've talked about codependency and they'll say, well, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, how did I get codependent? 
majority of the re ways in which you got codependent were based on your childhood. So, uh, so it's super important that you have taken the time, if you did not have a perfect childhood, which many did not, that you take the time to heal uh, from that and you take the time to do the work and you take the time to get healthy because what happens is you end up trying to seek out the love and the attention and the um uh the the um affirmation that you didn't get as a child and you learned how to compensate so hey this is not happening i'm not getting what i need and i'm and because you're used to it you tend to attract people that are the same way until you're healed you will keep attracting those people um so i know we got to get this mic away from me with my hands <laughs> Um, but, uh, but you'll keep attracting those people because it's, it's a way our, our psyche seeks out healing, right? If you're not healed, your psyche is going to seek out people with the same behaviors that you grew up with, the same things missing that you didn't get. So you can try to fill it as an adult. It's not conscious. It's completely an unconscious process. Uh, so it's super important to understand that, it's super important to understand that that's where toxicity comes from. And that's where a lot of the, uh, emo I mean, majority of uh, emotionally unavailable partners, why people attract them is because they're emotionally unavailable or they don't have proper boundaries set and they, they put up with it, right? Uh, emotionally unavailable people give plenty of red flags, but if you aren't healthy, you don't recognize the red flags. The red flags are like are like go signs if there was a red light green light it's like a green light for you it's like oh i'm emotionally unavailable they can't make it they can't be there for me that means i have to try harder you know and then it's you know it, it's a it can be also be a self-esteem and worthiness issue if that's how you grew up um again i cannot see your comments right now but um chris you, you got it um so would you want to do you want to read do you want to read them to me You're so funny. Can I see your phone? It's tiny. Okay, let's see. Oh shit, not not. Uh, but Nancy did say, "Okay, makes sense." I should. Okay, perfect. Okay, malfunctions over here. Okay, let me put your little phone up here. There we go. Your little phone. <laughs> it's tinier than mine. This one happens when you get old, Chris. You got a big phone. Um. Uh, so that is one thing. So going back to, and then, so that was fear of intimacy, need for validation, um, low self-esteem, caretaker tendencies, helping to fix or change them. Um, Brent says, I understand, recognize the issue, but what is the process for getting healed? Brent, it's, it's, it's as simple as doing the work. It's as simple as number one, you have to identify where you where you're, um, where you didn't receive love, what's missing, you know, what did you get? What didn't you get? Here's what I would tell you to do. If you are a client of mine sitting in front of me, I would tell you to make a list of all the, put mom and dad, put mom on the left side, dad on the right side, all the things you wish you'd gotten from each one of them. Right? So the things that were missing, um, dad, I, I wish you would have done this. I wish you would have come and, you know, been involved in my sporting events. I wish you would have given me advice. I wish you would have been there for me more when I needed you. Mom, I wish you would have supported me 
um, in, you know, my, my efforts. I wish you would have been more involved in my daily activities. I wish you would have given me better advice or some advice as far as where to go in life. So what did you need? What did your parents not give you? What were the spaces? Like what were the needs that you were not met? Whatever those needs were that weren't met in your childhood are usually the starting point for you, Brent. Um, that's where you want to start from from a background of, of knowing you had some toxicity in your childhood, which by the way, most people do. So don't be ashamed of it. Um, but that's where I would start. And then you at least have a point of reference for saying, what it, this is so most often those lists are, would be the things you're looking for in a partner. So not consciously maybe, but those are the things you're going to notice. So if your parents didn't give you attention, they didn't try, they didn't make the effort, they weren't there for you, they didn't come to your events. If you met someone and they were all over it, they're in your life, they're, you know, their quality time is their love language, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're definitely present in your life, that would be that would feel like love to you that you never got, right? All the things, all the needs and all the things that you never got, that would feel like love to you. Those would also cause you to miss the red flags, just like that client that I talked about. I mean, she was just as toxic as he was. And so they're meeting each other's needs by being there for each other and feeling like, okay, you're here for me. You're not going to leave me. You need me. And they also find people that need them so that they can't leave. But, um, but that's the, you know, the other piece of it too, is that, you know, when you find somebody that meets those needs, you ignore the rest. So there's all these other red flags and you ignore the rest. And so you, you've got to, you got to keep all of those things in mind as well. Trauma or abuse, children who have experienced trauma or abuse may uh, develop uh, emotionally unavailable mechanisms uh, to protect themselves from further pain or vulnerability. So uh, this is big. Um, it's hard to kind of touch on because there's so many forms of trauma and abuse. Uh, it, people don't realize how prominent, uh, sexual abuse was, uh, back in the days. And it happened to a lot of people. I mean, I've been a counselor for a long, long time. It happened to a lot of people. So somebody that was sexually abused by a friend or a friend of a friend or a friend of a family or a family member, they're going to have fear in emotional and uh, physical intimacy as well because getting too close was pain, right? And they don't, did, there's so many associations made at an early age with, um, with sex uh, and that sexual intimacy that it completely, um, it completely changes the brain and how somebody is looking for love and looking at intimacy and looking at um, love making with their, uh, with their partner. And that creates a lot of issues as well. Um, so attachment issues, uh, you know what I, I do want to say before I go through that, um, trauma and abuse, if you've experienced any kind of trauma or abuse, that is definitely, I mean, you definitely have to get counseling. You definitely need to get some type of therapy before you get into relationships of any kind, I don't care if you're 50 years old, if you haven't gotten sought help for that and you had any kind of trauma or or physical abuse or even emotional abuse, it could be verbal abuse. 
Um, it doesn't matter. There's all kinds of ranges. You need to get help because every one of those things when you're young, they shape your brain and they change your brain and they change the way you look at things. Everything looks different. All of a sudden, the lens of innocence um, and the lens of um, of positivity and hope um, and trust that we have as children when those things are violated at a young age, it changes the lens of how you look at people and how you look at situations, and it completely changes your perspective. So it's super, you can't see it. That's the thing with people is they, you know, sometimes they've gotten a little bit of therapy and they think they're fine and they think they're better. But if you're still attracting emotionally unavailable people, you're not. Um, so how's that? Um, okay. So um, attachment issues. Uh, this is super big too. This is a, um, this is, this goes for you and also goes for your partner. Um, insecure attachment styles, such as uh, avoiding attach or formed in childhood because your needs weren't met. Um, and so you expect that your needs not, aren't going to be met, right? When you're, when your needs weren't met as a child, it's not that you didn't want them or you still, you don't want to find, you don't want to find somebody that's going to meet those needs. It's that you don't know what that feels like. When you haven't been there, right, I always use the analogy, you can't describe the taste of chocolate if you've never tasted it, right? If you can't be intimate, if you've never felt it, you, you, if, if that's something you didn't get, and believe me, there are people, there are functioning people in this world today that have never had emotional intimacy in their life from their childhood or from their parents, yet they're around functioning as adults trying to be in relationships. It, it's, it's widespread. So super important that you understand that if your needs personally weren't met as a child, and if you know that you've got an avoidant attachment style, um, and if you guys haven't done uh, attachment styles, that book attached is really, really good. Um, it's not a, it's not a, a end all be all, but at least it at least gets into uh, childhood traumas, um, uh, secure, whether you're secure or insecure. Uh, it gets into the the psyche of all of those. And it's just a piece of the puzzle, but it's a big piece too, especially as we get into adult relationships. Uh, uh, avoidant attached tend to, um, avoidant attached tend to go with their own. Um, they're best with secure attached, believe it or not, but, um, but avoidant attached tend to find avoidant attached, especially when it's, they're super toxic and haven't healed at all. Uh, so, you know, it it's a little upsetting to me that so many people have gone through therapy for so many years, yet they're still running around with super toxic behaviors and so many uh, traumas that were never gotten rid of. I don't know what, what uh, therapists are doing out there, but just because you've had therapy, and I don't care how many years, I've had people sitting in front of me that have had 25 years of therapy and they're still, there's nothing's been done to heal the trauma that they still have. So, um, so there's a difference between therapy and, a, and good therapy. All right. Mm. Role modeling. So that's another one. If a child grows up and witnesses um, emotional unavailability uh, and a lack of intimacy or emotional connection with their parents, um, in their immediate home, they also will, uh, they also will, um, will know that it's, it's commonplace. 
we learn from our role models what love is. And this is such a big, this is such a big piece of the big love pie anyway, is emotion is is what is love. Because if love is emotional intimacy, I mean, emotional um, detachment, if love is um, not getting your needs met, if love is abuse, if love is, you know, all those toxic things, we know as adults it's not. But if you haven't worked on changing the definition, if you haven't worked on the things that created those beliefs to begin with and done the work on those, they will remain so it's almost like you have to change the foundation. And so many people just want to change. Okay, I'm going to change what I'm looking for. You can change what you're looking for. But if the foundation is still in place and it's still toxic, you're still going to be, you're going to be toxic. So you're not good for a relationship and you're still going to attract toxic people. So uh, again, importance of getting healthy yourself first. Um, so role modeling, overprotective parenting. I think they're, you know, amazing that there are many people that had very overprotective parents that didn't give them the space to develop emotionally, that, um, that didn't allow anything in. Uh, I tend to find in homes, and not bashing it, but where, where there were super religious families, um, sometimes that um, can stifle the emotional um, the emotional uh, ability of the family because everything's very methodical um, versus being um, everything's very methodical versus being um, emotional and responsive. It's very methodical. And in homes like that where, you had overprotective, over strict parents where everything was about the rules and it wasn't about love and it wasn't about, you know, um, compromise and all that stuff. Uh, that would also create an environment where, you know, you didn't learn to have your needs met. You learned to put them aside for other things, that rules were more important than your emotions, that, um, that certain standards were more important than your emotional needs. So, we're seeing a big theme here, right? Um, this a majority of this is rooted really deep in your childhood when you were super, super young. And let me tell you, because I think this is a super important piece of it. So many of you, and I mean, I have a lot of people that had divorced parents and then they ended up getting a good step parent, you know, somebody that stepped in and did a good job after that. It doesn't matter. Because some of the some of the beliefs and patterns and thoughts and feelings that we have um, at a young age stick with us. So it's very important that you understand so many of these things can be unconscious, which makes it so much harder. So my my word to you on this, um, and please, I'm going to wrap this up here soon. So if you have any questions, let me know. But um, but please, if you are attracting emotionally unavailable people, you need to look deeper in you because, you know, that which you are attracting is also attracting you. There's like these these magnetic forces that come into play with with attraction. Um, chemistry is different. Um, chemistry is different and they're totally different. Attraction is more like magnets. You feel an instant connection with someone 
you feel um, almost an addiction to them being around um, you. I just, you know what I'm talking about is the, it's the butterflies. It's the feeling. It's how they make you feel. A lot of those things until you heal, because you learn as you get older and more mature and healthier, that butterflies are toxic. They're just not normal. They're not healthy. Um, uh, and butterflies in your stomach or jitters or, you know, that feeling that get, you know, giddy feeling those that isn't love. And that isn't chemistry. That is probably, uh, your dysfunction, uh, drawing you to something dysfunctional in them because of the, that, that magnet from the toxicity. So, uh, so super, super important that we understand that. Um, Barrett says, hey, Barrett, I haven't seen you in a while. I just came back from an online date, water, talk, and an, and an hour next. Talk an hour next. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I hate, I hate it for you. You know, those, you never know what you're going to get with online dating. I'm just saying it's, um, it is a, people put as much into a date as they do in the process of swiping. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just, I, I hate, and you know what, the, the thing that stinks the most about that process, every one of you hear this, if you are using online dating, um, you need to insist on a date, you know, uh, coffee's not a date. Uh, water is not a date. A drink is not a date. Anybody that in, that wants to go out for a drink to meet you, to get, a, you know, feel for you or whatever first, they're not, they're probably not emotionally available. Either that or if they had really bad experiences doing online dating and they haven't gotten smart enough yet to do a FaceTime before they meet you. Um, but anyone that right off the bat is going to say, let's meet for a cup of coffee or let's meet for a drink, out they're not serious about the process. It takes, you know, it takes time to get to know somebody. And that is super, super important that you need a proper date. You need proper time. And if somebody's not willing to give that up front, they're either burned from dating too much and burned from online dating. And that's their own deal. It's not your fault, not your problem. Um, or they're emotionally unavailable. They only, they're only going to give you so much and they're only willing to invest so much into you. That should tell you about their emotional availability as far as a relationship, right? Because those of you that are disappointed is because you wanted more and you would have you would have expected more. So, you know, the whole next thing is a is that's another mentality I think that really is killing us in dating is that there shouldn't be a next. Every every single contact we have, anybody we decide to take that next step with to actually meet in person. Uh, go out with, you know, have a conversation with, that should mean something. It should be somebody special. It should be somebody that we chose for the right reasons. Um, and, you know, I have decided that, you know, I really want to talk about that on the next show uh, because I think people choose the wrong people and their pickers are just so broke. And I want to help move you guys as, you know, we're in a new year in a direction of, you know, what qualities we need to be looking for versus the, all the physical appearance and the swiping thing. That system's never going to work and it's only getting worse because of all the people abusing it. So, um, so I'm sorry for all you people that are stuck in online dating hell. Um, it is, it is just not getting any better. 
Um, so, uh, so, and if I could ever get my app out, we'd be, we would have a solution, but, um, so one of these days, Apple will, uh, will get it together and, um, and fix the issue. So, uh, so having said that, uh, I, uh, I've enjoyed all of you. If you don't have any more questions, which I'm not seeing right now, uh, but I can't hardly see anything on Chris's tiny phone, but thank you so much for letting me use this. It's Chris's birthday. So tell Chris happy birthday. Um, my great producer, I've known him for so many years. He's amazing. Um, and, uh, it's his birthday today. So, uh, great people have birthdays in the month of January, Chris. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so thank you very much for being here. Thanks for your questions. I hope that it offered some guidance and some direction as to where you can go. Try that exercise I gave you for anybody that's attracting unavailable people. Do the list. Check that out. See if it see if it triggers anything for you. See if you can see a correlation pattern, any kind of connection there, and then move forward wherever you are. So, um, much love to you. Have a great uh, a great weekend. This is Jennifer. Thanks for listening today. And please subscribe to the podcast. Each show, we're going to have new topics and information. If you'd like to find out more about coaching or matchmaking, please go to my website at lovegen.com or you can find me on my Facebook page, my personal page at Jennifer Styers.